Good morning, brothers and sisters of Crossword. This is our first Crossword online message, or our virtual church message. So yeah, it's something new for all of us, so let's see how it goes. As most of you know, we have decided not to meet on Sunday mornings due to the coronavirus and the fact that it's so highly infectious. Uh, that will go on right about until the middle of April, but we will keep you posted. Uh, our home groups, as you know, are meeting. Uh, still, some of them will break for the school holidays. Just remember that the schools are also closed until the 14th of April. But please do speak to your leaders uh, so that you may know and find out when they're going to meet. Um, and yeah, if you're not in a group, obviously this is a great opportunity for you to make sure you have some face-to-face -face fellowship with other Christians. So do meet up with one of those groups or at least join uh, in their WhatsApp group so you can know what's going on. So also there are some other things we're going to try and do. Um, we just note the space. Um, but yeah, let's go to our first uh, section. We have decided last year already that we are going to work our way through the book of Psalms. And today we want to have a quick look at Psalm 13. So I'm going to read that to First, and then we'll have uh, one or two comments about that uh, and uh, give you some homework in one sense. So I'm going to start reading Psalm 13. It is a psalm of David. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. So this psalm is obviously one of 150 psalms. It's really the Old Testament uh, playlist, if we could put it in modern terms. Uh, this is the, a book that helps people to voice their um, experiences of life. It is a book that takes us through the ups and downs of human existence in this world, but specifically the kind of experience that someone who has faith in God and who believes that God is sovereign and over all. Uh, it's a book that helps you to find words for every situation that you may experience. And so it's in one sense an interesting book, and we keep on having to mention that. It is not technically God speaking to man, yeah, but it's actually man speaking to God. And the fact that it's become part of the canon, as we call it, it's really a God-endorsed way of speaking to Him. Whenever we are very happy, very excited, very thankful, when we are uh, praising God, uh, but also when life is tough, when we are perplexed, when we are overwhelmed, when we are tired, when we've sinned, uh, when we have sorrow, uh, all sorts of experiences that we have as human beings. Uh, what is amazing about the book of Psalms is that they give us words and thought patterns uh, to help us to talk to God and to engage with Him. Because after all, what God is really after is an actual relationship with us and all good relationships find ways of communicating all the moods of life. Uh, and that's really what uh, the Psalms are so great uh, for us to study together. So in this Psalm, very short little Psalm, um, but a very punchy little Psalm. Uh, if you look at the Psalm down, uh, it will notice that it's really it's got three paragraphs. 
verses 1 and verse 2, um, he addresses God as Lord and he cries out to him. Um, it's what we would call uh, a complaint. He's complaining to God. He is uh, asking God, uh, what's going on? Uh, why are you silent? Where are you? And how long are you going to keep this up? Um, it's a person who longs for God, who feels cut off from God. The psalm doesn't tell us the context. It doesn't, we don't know why he's done that. But there's an interesting refrain at the bottom of that second uh, verse. How long will my enemy triumph over me? So it could be that an enemy has made his life very difficult. Um, and often the enemies, uh, specifically the enemies of David, are not so much uh, foreigners, but fellow Jews uh, that have made his life hard and and tough and so maybe there's some problem there we don't know or maybe he's just been very low and an enemy has come alongside and has made his life even more miserable and so he's crying out to God uh, how long O Lord or until when Lord are you going to um, forget me are you going to forget me forever um, and so that's the first part of the song he is uh, honest uh, and he's humble he is uh, calling on God and that's one of the incredible things in this psalm, really, he combines two things. Uh, lament psalms, as this psalm is part of a category, are a way of speaking to God when you feel life is unfair and when life doesn't work as you would expect it, or you may find yourself in a season of great difficulty, uh, is what you would call lament psalms. So lament psalms falls into individual laments. They are sometimes corporate laments. Uh, they are laments uh, for sin. Uh, there are laments of, uh, like this, more general, not knowing what's going on. And there are even harder laments, and when we ever get to one of those, we will point them out. Uh, laments where you cry out to God to destroy your enemies. Um, and uh, that's quite a heavy one, but we will hopefully get there uh, in one of these days. But in this psalm here, he combines the two things. He turns to the Lord and calls him Lord. And he calls him by name, uh, so he knows that he's talking to the Lord. Uh, it's all capital letters, for those of you who are aware of that. That's uh, God's covenant name. That's the name that God used to make himself known to, to Israel. And here David, as the king of Israel, uh, says, God, I'm, I'm talking to you. Uh, I want you to listen to me. And you know how it is. If somebody calls your name, your kind of ears pick up. And, uh, and he says, well, if I call you by name, maybe your ears will pick up because I'm having a difficulty. Uh, you seem to be far off. You seem not to care for me. And so his first concern is, is to cry out to God. That's the first part of a lament. So he's saying, Lord, how long are you going to keep this up? Second part, as I've said, is the complaint part. Or as we would probably put it from a New Testament perspective, the groaning part. He is longing for something better. He is very aware that he is not happy uh, with his own situation. And he doesn't seem to be able to really figure out uh, what is going on. Uh, but being by himself is not a great comfort to him. Look at what he says in verse 2. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? Um, it's quite interesting. I have my own thoughts and they are running crazy and running ragged in my head. And no matter how what I do is, uh, I don't find any comfort by just thinking my own thoughts. I would love you to communicate to me. Um, and he says, day after day I have sorrow in my heart. Um, so yeah, as you know, when you have only yourself to talk to, uh, it can be quite fun and you, because you always win the argument. But when you are in a difficult situation, only having your own thoughts is not a great thing. So here he's complaining. And that's one of the things that the Lament Psalms teaches us, is that the more honest we are with God, 
the more we actually come to terms with where we are. So often we don't know where we are, and when we pronounce them, and in this case, he goes one step further. He not only says it, he actually has written it down, which is quite amazing. So to write down what you think and long for and what your complaint is, is fantastic because it clarifies for you, for yourself, where you are uh, in relationship to God. And so that's something we can learn from this uh, psalm as well, is he says, go to God, talk to him, be honest with him. Um, the more honest and the more humble, the more direct, uh, the better. So this psalm is very short. There are some very long uh, uh, lament psalms, but this is just what we're trying to introduce today is this whole idea of being able to do that. And it may be a bit of a surprise to you. Some of you may think that you can't actually be honest to God like this. You're supposed to tell him the right things. Um, and so here's a psalm that sets you free to be honest. Lord, I don't feel you care. I was just reading a book recently uh, by a guy who um, shares a very uh, sorrowful incident in his own life with his wife. Uh, they've just uh, lost a child, a stillborn child. Um, and she was sitting in the car and uh, she prays and she says to God, God, I know that you are not mean, but really today it feels like it. And so that's incredible, isn't it? The psalmist tells us we can be very honest with God. Uh, as we speak to him about where we are. And that's a sign of a good relationship, really, is that you can be honest and truthful. So that's the second thing. First thing is to turn to God and call, call him by name. Second thing is to be honest about your complaint. And then the third thing, interesting, he is asking God to do something. He's asking God to intervene, because that's why he turned to him in the first place. So it's not good enough just to moan. Be a bit more specific and ask God, now God, please do something. And so look at verse 3. Look on me and answer Lord my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. So he's fairly desperate, isn't it? He's, it feels like he's, <laughs> he's at the point of dying. And the word look on me is a fantastic word. It says, Lord, look personally and with intent on me. Consider me and answer in the light of what you see. So take pity on me, Lord. It's in one sense what he's crying out. And give light to my eyes. Give hope to my eyes, to my heart, to my life. Because I really not sure how long I can handle this. And then he adds this. And my enemy will say, oh, I've overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. Or as the word rather says, when I stumble and when I'm tripped up. And so he's asking God to intervene. From my perspective, Lord, the best thing that can happen is for you to take note of me. The best thing for you is to answer me. Give me light. Give me hope. Pull me out of death and save me from my enemy. And so he's very forthright. God, this is what I would love you to do. I want you to intervene into my life. And that's the third aspect of a lament psalm. So when you start to call on God, be honest and then ask him, as far as you can see from your perspective, what do you think will be the best outcome for yourself as someone who knows and believes in God? So there's an enormous amount of honesty and freedom uh, in these psalms. And then the last bit of the psalm, and this is probably the most difficult thing, and yet the most important thing. Well, I can't really say that, because all four is important, isn't it? But it's the, it's the kind of the climax of every engagement with God. And that is when he says, but, and you know, but always introduces a massive contrast. I have been overwhelmed. I have been confused. My own words haven't comforted me. My heart has troubled me. My enemy is gloating over me. I am at the point of death. I really want you to intervene. And I don't know where to go, but 
I do know where to go. I am coming to you, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. So he's really saying in one sense, a very short way we could say it. He's saying, Lord, I have expressed to you my will in verses 3 and 4. Now I will say to you, Lord, you do your will. My will is for you to quickly intervene, take me out, give me light, save me from death, break my enemies, hold over me. But I am saying I will worship you despite anything else because of who you are. I will trust in your unfailing love. That's really my covenant love. That's what the word is really saying. The Lord who has made a promise to actually bring about, and the second phrase picks it up, salvation. I trust, important to pick that up. In my heart, I trust your unfailing love. Now, this is a fascinating thing. Look at the, the development in this part. Where you put your trust will affect your heart. He says, I trust in your unfailing love. I know your love can never fail. I know you can't ever lie. I know you can't go back on your own word. Even though I don't understand now where I am, my life doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't mean you've lost control of life itself. So I'll trust your unfailing love. Then it affects his heart. My heart now starts to rejoice in your salvation. And your salvation is not only taking me out of trouble, but it's bringing me into the goodness of what you have purposed and planned. And that's what I hope for. I can't see it, but I trust it. I, can't ex I don't experience it right now, but I know that you have said this and that you will do it. And then, interestingly enough, I will sing the Lord's praises. You see how it works? Trust leads to a heart that rejoices, which leads to a mouth that sings and praises. I will praise the Lord for he has been good to me. He's actually been dutifully Good to me is an interesting word. He's abounded in his goodness to me. And I know that in the end, that is what will happen. Can you see how he has worked himself from a position of being absolutely honest that he's desperate and tells God about it. Tells God what he thinks is the solution. And then yet says, God, you are the one that I trust. And that, in one sense, I take it, we are very familiar with a passage like Philippians chapter 4, where it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every way, bring your petitions and your requests to God with thanksgiving. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's really what this psalm is teaching us. So here's something I want you to go and do. Maybe you're not now in a season of lament. Maybe you are aware of the laments of the world that we are in. The coronavirus is having its way. Uh, one way of doing it is to remember, I can call on God no matter what my situation. And it's the Lord that I'm calling on. And it's good to know who you're talking to, isn't it? We often say that. You speak slightly different to your wife than to your children. And sometimes when your children still talk to you, you need to remind them who they are talking to so that they don't get arrogant. So it's always good to know who you're talking to. So be conscious that you're calling on the Lord. It's the Lord that you're speaking to. And so you can come with all honesty, but never with demand, never with arrogance. But yes, you can come with all the pain and the heartache and the confusion and the sadness. And yes, even sometimes with the anger that's in your heart, you can lay it before and say, Lord, help. You are my help. And this is how I would love you to help me. But 
since you are the Lord who sees everything and upholds all things, I will trust that you will bring about your purposes, your kingdom purposes for my life as well as for the world as you've promised for us as New Testament Christians in the Lord Jesus Christ. Here David is talking about the Lord of the covenant uh, that is finally fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So brothers and sisters, I hope that this short little message, wherever you are, will encourage you. So do take a pen, do write down who are you going to call on, who are you going to cry out for help, who is he? And just think a little bit about who he is. And then think about what is it that you find overwhelming or sad or confusing or bad in this life. And tell God, the more honest, the better. And then move on. Never get stuck in your moan. Move on to ask, to request of God to step in, to intervene in some capacity. To the best of your knowledge, Lord, this is how I think it should happen. And then move over to the last, which is the difficult part. God, even though I do not see how you are ruling my life at this stage, since you are the ruler of life and you are the one who's made all the promises and you have done all of that work in and through Jesus Christ, I ask you, and I am going to put my trust in you rather than in myself or in anybody else. And when I start to do that and I recognize you never fail, my heart starts to have something to rejoice in. And I can rejoice in your salvation. And as my heart starts to rejoice and I think more about it and I give myself more to that, you will find that your lips will start to sing the praises of the Lord. Declaring that He is Lord indeed and Lord over all. And His goodness will in the end be bountiful. Will be more than what you can imagine. So I pray that you may find comfort that you may learn how to speak to God in times of difficulty, sadness, confusion, perplexity. Uh, use the lament way for yourself or maybe for someone else that you may bump into a, a shop. Encourage them to start to talk to God. And maybe we can lament for the world at this stage because of what it is suffering. So thank you for listening. We do pray and hope you are more than welcome to send us a a request or a question and we will say, try and answer some of that but do that on the uh, uh, individually to me and Sean and thank you for listening and uh, God bless let's pray together Heavenly Father we do thank you that you are a God that wants us to have a real actual relationship with you a relationship that our times are feeling estranged and, and broken and sad and confused and uh, we are perplexed and we don't understand. And we come to you as your children, Lord. We don't see what you see. We don't understand what you understand. And so we thank you that you give us the freedom and you invite us in one sense through the psalm. You encourage us to come honestly and openly and truthfully to you to share our deep heart with you. To share with you how we think this problem can be solved. And yet, Lord, to submit to your lordship, to your goodness, to the fact that you always come through and that you have ultimately come through for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. So thank you, Lord, that we can be taught how to speak to you at all times. We want to praise you and we want to thank you and we want to give you glory and we do this in Jesus' name. Amen.